Okay, here I am at my my wedding retreat. I feel like I've, you and I have used this tent more than any other couple in the Austin area. Um, three days in a row now. This is my last day in the joyful, renewing energy of the Hill Country. Uh, I was driving over here. It's a mile. It's a mile away from my spa. And it's down a very winding road. And the hill country gets pretty corkscrewy. And so uh, one of the things I noticed, and, and it's dark. You know, there's not a ton of lights on that street. And I'm driving my mom's car, which beeps at you whenever you do anything. Like, I'm trying to play girls' talk because I'm on a totally empty, slow road getting to the entryway. And it, it pops up and says, stay alert. And it, no, it says, keep your eyes on the road. And I'm like, stay out of my business. I need some music right now. And then I'm driving, and it just keeps beeping at me. And I don't... I don't feel comfortable about our automated future. I don't. It's not my, it's not my lane of expertise, and I definitely feel a little like dinosaur-y. But at, but lately I've been mourning that like when I used to call customer service or if I called customer just the just the phrase called customer service. Um. You know, it's gone, and uh, a, I think a couple, it's about maybe a month ago, I ordered DoorDash, which I do way too often. That is, to my knowledge, still brought by people. Um, and the reason I know that is because it was a total mistake, and I got somebody else's dinner. Mmm. I know what it was. It was so, and it was so embarrassing too, because it was one of those nights when I really wanted dessert because I don't drink anymore, so I have a terrible sweet tooth. And I was working. I'm just gonna say that I don't know if I was just lazy. That also could have been true. But I didn't know where to go, and I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know what to eat. And so it would satisfy the sweet tooth. And so I ordered from the Cheesecake Factory. And this is the shameful truth of my life, is that that is the place on DoorDash that I know I can just order a dessert. And it's exorbitantly expensive. Uh, I think it's like, I want to say it's like $16 for a slice of cheesecake, which couldn't be true. That, that, that couldn't be right. But I do remember, whatever it is, you add this thing to your dasher and then tip it. And I remember it being like $25. So I was like, Heppola, are you going to lay down $25 for a slice of cheesecake? And then I responded to myself, yes, I am. So I order it. And then I go and get it. And uh, it's like really heavy and I'm like well that's good because it's like $25 cheesecake and then I get it back to my 
my house and um it's uh it's the needles or something. Like or chips and shit like that. And I was like, What the hell? It's like not even the right bag. It's like totally different restaurant. So I tried to text the person back. I tried to call them. And then the call was blocked because this person was driving or whatever. Okay. So I go to the customer service thing. And the customer service on DoorDash is this, like, overly solicitous uh, AI that is, like, that announced that they were an AI is my memory. But it was very, very easy. You know, like, hi, I'm Rachel. I'm your automated assistant. Um, how can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, I got the wrong order. And she's like, wow, that sounds really difficult for you. Um, and I said something else, and they were like, I'm sure you feel frustrated about that. And I just texted that, cut the chat. Can I get some pie? And... I posted this to Twitter because I thought it was funny. And now that I think back on it, I think that AI's name was Nancy, which would make her, like, the only other Nancy I've ever known aside from you, uh, which definitely makes you the winner, your number one Nancy. So I posted this on Twitter, and I thought it was pretty funny. I just was being clever. And I said something like, the nice thing about our robot overlord future is that you don't have to be very polite. Cut the chat, Nancy. Can I get some pie? And, by the way, I never did get a pie. I just got a refund. I didn't. It was too late. Anyway, in those days when I was getting dragged on Twitter because of the Atlantic essay, I could tell people were going back into my my Twitter feed and trying to find stupid shit that I said to try to pull up and drag me on that. And some rando wrote in the comments on that just because... I, I forget the language they used, but it was like, just because that's an automated service doesn't mean you can be rude to them. And I was like, what now? And that was really fascinating to me. Because that is some Blade Runner shit. That is like robots have feelings. You need to be nicer. And and let's just set aside for a moment that this person was intentionally trying to cause harm to me who is a real person last time I checked. And I just, I just really felt like I was in the Matrix for a second. And and I'm such a nice person that I really experienced this moment of like, oh my God, that's a really good point. Well, I didn't think it was a good point, but I did have this thought of like, well, because, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies um, is Her. 
the Spike Jones movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Um, that's probably one of my favorite movies that uh, has come out in the past like five to ten years. Because I just think it's a really, really unusual and beautiful love story. And you know, when I was a little kid, I just thought everything had feelings. And and maybe it does, but what I mean by that is like, I would go see fireworks, for instance. I have a very strong memory. I'm going to see fireworks and I was like, mm, I was probably six. And some of the fireworks didn't go off. You know. Like some of them would go up there. And I'd be like, wow. And everybody would cheer, but every once in a while there would be these fireworks that wouldn't, wouldn't light. And I just, I, I couldn't handle it. I was, like, so worried about those fireworks. Because in my, like, childlike mind, those fireworks have one shot. They get one day a year. Everybody's watching. They went up into the sky, and they whiffed it. And... <coughs> Coughing. The coffee is how you know that I'm not a robot, by the way. Um, and I just, I thought about those poor fireworks for years. I think I stopped seeing fireworks shows. I think a lot of kids get scared of the noise. And I was like, I was like, felt so bad about the goddamn fireworks that didn't make it. And, uh, so that's who I was at six years old. And, you know, very typical over-identification with, with objects and things like stuffed animals, you know, very typical for the age and my particular strain of child, which was, I was just like over-sensitive, over-feeling thing. You know, I had like a hundred stuffed animals maybe more like 30 and you know my mom got to this place where she was like you can only invite one to your bed each night and I'm sure she didn't say it like that <laughs> it sounds very bordello um but anyway I could only invite one I could only sleep with one every, every way I say this sounds dirty um but anyway uh and so then what I would do is this is torture for me I would choose one, and then I would tell the other ones that I love them and that they would get a chance later, and that just because I was choosing somebody else tonight, it didn't mean that I didn't love them, and that they had each other, and that, you know, eventually we'd get a chance. I'd get a chance to sleep with each of them. And then it became a problem because there was one that I liked better than the others. So it was, it was just, it felt more comfortable in my arms. And so it was, it was like a lot of, it was like a lot of work for me. I and mean, I think about, I remember, um, 
Sharon Didion has a line in one of her books where she's like, I don't think people realize how dark childhood is. They forget. Like, I, I was a very, like, my mind was definitely tilted towards, like, pain and loss and, um, anyway. All of that is to say, I am uncommonly open to the idea that all things have feelings. Like, for instance, I'm surrounded by trees right now. And I don't think that trees have traditional feelings. In as much as, like, they're concerned about who looks prettier. Or whatever. But, you know, there's been a lot of science about how they do take on certain, I don't know, I don't really know about trees. What am I I trying to say? Well, I know that they have root systems that help each other. There's symbiotic system. I've read some cool stuff. I need to read a book called The Overstory. It's supposed to be really tremendous and it's going to change my mind about trees. Of course, it's like 800 page books. I haven't read that book. As we learn more about how science works or whatever you want to call it, we do learn that things have feelings. This is a long way of saying that I was very open to the idea, especially the the movie Her, which is this idea that this AI system takes on feelings and that you could have, there could be this tremendous love story with an automated system. I think in a lot of ways the reason that movie hit me so hard is because I feel like that's what I've had sometimes. Like when I was younger, I was really in love with celebrities. And I would have what felt like real relationships with like holograms of people. For instance, let's use Johnny Depp because I've talked about him on the podcast. I had this picture of Johnny Depp in my room. Uh, I had several. I kind of lived with him in my mind all the time. Uh, The idea that that version of Johnny Depp had feelings, lived with me. We had a whole relationship. It was meaningful to me. I mean, that is kind of true. Like, there's this fascinating way that especially in an American childhood in the late 20th century, celebrity kind of comes in and fills the void where other people might be. Because in another culture, I would have been surrounded by kids. Um, But because of the way that I grew up, um, we had a pretty closed unit at my house. We were outsiders in Dallas and... My brother was old enough that he didn't want to play with me anymore. So I was in my room a lot. So I kind of invented the um, the company that I had. And 
I don't think that's unique in human history at all. I'm sure like shepherds did that. Well, that's what the stars are, right? Like the constellations of the stars are like really, you know, like people out in the middle of nowhere writing stories about how they're not alone in the world because look, there's a three dots and it looks like a bear or whatever. <laughs> whatever. So, but in the late 20th century, and I was a child of the 80s, I think it was fairly typical that you would make up these stories um, and they would be your companionship. And so here we are entering this world of AI, and it's like, oh God. I mean, those the, the AI are going to be better companions than we are to each other. Look how much we hate each other. I don't mean you and me. So I, we're very solid. Um, oh my God, I have talked to you for 17 minutes. Holy shit. Okay. Honestly, I've been in a fugue state. I don't know what the fuck I was just talking about. I feel like I need to bring this to an end pretty quickly because I just realized how long I've been talking about AIs and our robot overlords. And so what I'm going to tell you is that uh, I'm glad that you and I are real in this world. Uh, I love you. But I haven't even met you yet. But I have met you. And I'm going to see you in person next week. I think a week from today. So I look forward to that. And I'll tell you something. And I mean this. Even if you're a robot, I will do a podcast with you.